Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to do a pitch deck review. To help us do that is Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. And go Bills! Yeah, go Seahawks. (laughs) All right, so Tigris gave us an investor presentation to look at. And so our overall uh, judging criteria is one, to identify the business plan goals. Two, do they know their audience? Three, do they understand the market? Four, have they identified needs and roadblocks? Five, do they know what sets their business apart? Number six, have they introduced the team and products? And seven, did they create a summary with call to action? Let's find out. Let's see, Josh, 31 31 pages. 31 pages, we're gonna fly through this because that is a long deck, so don't have an exact number of, of optimal slides. I'd say maybe half of this <laughs> to start, uh, but it depends if there's a, yeah, maybe 11 to 15 slides. If there's an, a bunch of stuff at, at the end, then we'll give them some grace, but we'll have to get there first. So it looks like um, they have chemical sustain our way of life is the title for the first slide. Chemical industry computes, the chemical industry contributes directly to, in, and just, <laughs> The chemistry industry contributes directly and indirectly over $5 trillion to the global gross domestic product, and you can find chemicals in every corner of your life present in the food that we eat, medicine we take, crops we grow, cars we drive, and homes we live in. Um, okay. Are chemicals a good thing? I'm going to fly through this and see if this is even cannabis-related. I, I didn't even bother checking. <laughs> Hey, look at that. This kills COVID. Oh, crops. Okay, so I guess we could say that it's for cannabis crops. Maybe what they're trying to do is say it's a uh, type of pesticide. Mm hmm. Okay, yeah, we can roll with that. It's topical. Okay. All right, so it kind of looks like this might be a natural um, pesticide, uh, something that you can use on your crops, including cannabis. That's so, right. yeah, we'll see. So, uh, the side, potential harmful side effects and the chemicals that uh, some people use you have industrial pollution, uh, poisoning, burns, spills, contamination. And so, the solution. Um, they're saying that uh, if we could kill this this virus that, that's causing the pandemic right now without harmful disinfectants, uh, apparently Tigris, they discovered a two water synthesized molecule of low toxicity acid and low toxicity alkyne, alkaline chemistry. And so they've granted uh, some patents for its chemistries and continue to use application specific testing uh, demonstrating to be disruptive in multi-billion dollar industries by increasing the efficacy, uh, reducing costs, and lowering toxicity. Uh, Josh, that CAS, uh, Chemical Abstract Service, uh, the CAS designation is actually a big deal. That means it is a wholly unique chemical. Uh, and it's pretty rare at this day and age to have a wholly unique chemical. So this is looking up. Thanks for pointing that out. I totally skipped that because I didn't know what it meant. 
Um, but that is interesting. If they're a wholly unique chemical, I'm wondering if this is going to be a competitor to Briotech. Um, it's a hypochlorous acid, HOCl, that was tested um, not only by us here in Washington State uh, for the cannabis industry, but also with um, NIOSH. They tested it and said it was the only thing to kill prions, which are like a rope. It's a protein that's kind of interwoven. And before, uh, if you had anything infected with prions, you'd have to burn it and now Briotech, this um, hypochlorous acid, seems to fit that chemical abstract service um, unique fit, but the manufacturer hasn't paid for that yet. So <laughs> that does make them very unique because it is not cheap. No. So about the company, uh, they're a technology and manufacturing and license company that's developed a new patent. Uh, their vision is to make everything better by replacing hazardous chemicals with safe, less toxic alternatives. So they have some intellectual property. They've got three patents. Uh, they've got a couple of notices, four patents to be granted, 11 published application patents and 20 unpublished. This is, uh, sounds like they're spending a lot of money on legal here, Josh. Uh, three granted patents and 60 patents in process. I mean, even if you got a volume discount from your lawyer, you're looking at five grand each application. So it's, let's see what their funding is, where they're getting the money. Just forget development, just their legal costs must be asinine. Absolutely. Yeah. And if it's probably a million dollars to get tested through the FDA and get some kind of, uh, you know, uh, agricultural overall um, approval. And that's what's required for cannabis in Washington state is to have that approval or designation. Um, and that's, I think, at least seven figures. So they've definitely put in a lot. It looks like um, they've had $2 million invested in initial manufacturing for their fully operational plant in uh, Madison Heights. Hmm. Go Michigan. Oh, they indicate they have sales. That is great. Oh, Josh, look at this, an actual product, an actual company. Absolutely. Now I'm excited. Yeah, looks like they are selling their patented chemistries and they have a platform chemical technology that could be disrupted for several billion dollar industry, six, six, six executed distribution license agreements and disinfection in agricultural industries. Mm. So it's good. They've executed a couple licensing agreements with global market leaders generating over two and a half million in upfront licensing fees for the third quarter of 2020. That's great since most people haven't done anything third quarter 2020. Yeah. So they're anticipating the execution of additional global licensing agreements in the coming months. Well, this article uh, discusses um, uh, the, the current pandemic situation. Uh, I, I must say I'm much more interested in its agricultural applications, Josh. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with uh, a natural chemical like this. Um, another application that we use for Briotech HOCO was in Singapore for a call center. And so when you walk in, there was a mat. And as soon as you stepped on the mat, it would kind of spray you down. And so with call centers that have three eight-hour shifts for a 24-hour service, you kind of want to make sure that the keyboards are clean. And so 
Um, that was their, their way of keeping an office clean. But obviously there's a lot you can do with, uh, with crops, especially right now with the fires. Um, sometimes you can spray them down, but you don't want to get that soot and ash into the flower, but you can yeah. disinfect it before you move it to um, an extract, for example, if you're going to just press that into a concentrate, which a lot of them are going to have to do because there's just too much fire on the West Coast. So there's a lot of um, applications for this and, and all kinds of uh, real world examples. This slide is showing about how hard surface disinfectants and hand sanitizer options well, basically, it's an antimicrobial product, which would have uh, application in agriculture. So let's see if they get to agriculture. Absolutely. You have salmonella, you have E. coli, you have all of these things that um, you're, you have to test for cannabis, which um, a product like this should be able to, to kill all of that within a minute. And the problem with other hand sanitizers, just to kind of point out the differences with the alcohol, you have to wash your hands for at least 30 seconds. But the problem is, is Purell and all of those other brands, alcohol evaporates faster than it's able to kill anything. So it's actually absolutely useless to use uh, a brand like Purell that doesn't work like, uh, like these other brands do. Uh, I, I would say in this day and age, it's better than nothing, although you might not be achieving your goal. Uh, by uh, killing surface uh, surface bad guys uh, mm. with with a product like Purell, uh, but if you have absolutely nothing else, it's better than nothing. But uh, just be aware that you still have to wash your hands when you get the first available opportunity. Mm -hmm. So they kind of go into some acute toxicity and comparing EPA registered active ingredients versus this, uh, what they're calling tri tidricide, tidricide? Tidricide. <laughs> uh, and also, Josh, uh, the previous slide mentioned that they do not yet have FDA approval in the United States. Uh, they're selling in other countries, and that's, that's wonderful. Uh, but as you previously mentioned, that FDA hurdle can be quite significant. It's years and it's very, very challenging and very, very expensive. And the U.S. doesn't want to grant it because when you have that exclusivity, it's going to send shockwaves to Purell. And there's a lot of lobbyists that don't want that to happen. So a lot of these other guys like BrioTech stay underground for that very reason. They have massive customers overseas that call it God's tears, um, you know, the Phoenix tears. So it's uh, something that has a long shelf life and kills a lot of, of bad guys, we'll say, <laughs> in order to not yeah. get demonetized here. Um, so comparing it to other things, it looks like from eye irritation to um, skin sensitivities and toxicity, that tidricide is a lot better of an option. The only thing that might be a little bit extra sensitive is the eye irritation. That makes sense. So they're working with maybe the EPA. Uh, they have some FDA consultants, some public relations and uh, packaging experts. Oh, agriculture, yay. Yeah. So they've developed and launched a sustainable soil amendment solution consistently shown to increase crop yields. So they have that low toxicity being formulated and packaged and a product called Growthful. Growthful. Oh, look, they have a uh, test here in Washington. We should go look at it. We should. 
So they're finalizing an agreement and placed orders for five truckloads with Vanguard Agricultural and some other companies. Um, they're claiming that you're, you can increase your yield with sunflowers by as much as 40%, including tomatoes, sugar beets, they can increase your yields by 60%, all the way down to maybe uh, potatoes and soybeans at 20 and 26% respectively. Hmm. So they got some subsidiaries, a medical subsidiary, personal care, and a battery subsidiary. Well, these people are all over the place. Hand sanitizer, soybeans, uh, cancers, uh, water treatment, uh, batteries. My dear goodness. I wish I knew a little bit more about this technology. I was sort of hoping they were going to hit the head on, on the agricultural component, but... We're only halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> so this slide shows their management team. So they made the mark on that. Their CTO and CEO, COO, some other folks. Uh, it's nice that they have their uh, board. That's one of our requirements, Josh. Uh, they got the board. They got the the head of management team of the company. This is, oh my goodness, was that financials? We've got financials. Woohoo! So not all that often do we get to see uh, a decent amount of financials. What they're showing us here is uh, some historical financing with convertible notes and warrants, um, some equity common shares. Uh, Josh, the, this company looks uh, like they've raised, and I'm rounding some numbers here, uh, they raised about uh, $10 million between 2015 and 2019, uh, and they're currently asking for another five. Uh, that's interesting, given the earlier comments about how much they're spending on uh, legal, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't know how they were able to develop this product market this product, produce this product, and patent this product uh, to the extent that they claim they are uh, with only $10 million. Uh, I'm wondering how much um, the founders of this company put in or whether they have a, a patent attorney on staff or, or something along these lines to explain these numbers. Yeah, 13.4 million to be exact. And like I said, that's a lot of money when you can't sell to the largest economy in the world. California has more, more crops. You don't need to sell to like probably every country that you have would be the equivalent of California, I'm guessing, of course. Um, but you know, with our own products that we were working with, with the hypochlorous acid, the countries we're working with is Chile, uh, the UAE, um, Singapore and parts of Asia. So India was a huge client. And so there's people out there that understand this product and want it. But the US is a huge market and you don't have to ship if you're already here. So with $13.4 million and the fact that you still don't have FDA approval is crazy to me. So that obviously means that this is going to be more of a, a fight than I initially thought. And I'm really, really glad we didn't spend the million dollars going the route because these guys seem like they should have already been there and they're not. And that's a huge red flag to me. Uh from an investment perspective, um, this company has been in, in business for about uh, five years. Uh, and if they developed this right from the very beginning uh, uh, and they didn't acquire the technology from, from a university, for example, 
uh, that could explain uh, why the company's been in business for five years. Uh, but um, I, I would I'd really like to see at least the the paperwork for the FDA be submitted uh, because it's a process. It's, it's several years. Uh, it's not easy. It's expensive, and it takes forever to get FDA approval. So um, I I also question these financial financials to the point where will, will this be enough money? to get them through the FDA approval process. Uh, one of the complaints that invest, angel investors have is, you asked me for a million dollars, you told me you could get to the finish line, and two months later, you're here for more money, two months later, more money, more money, more money, more money, and it does um, eventually lead to a questioning of, of the financial expertise of the people saying, oh, we only need a million dollars, and you really need 10 or 20 <laughs> to get you to the finish line. So this, this raises a few red flags for me. Um, number one, how did they get this far with the money that they've uh, stated they raised, which is easily explainable if the founders uh, made significant contributions. And number two, um, they're only seeking a $5 million raise in this round. And is that enough to get them uh, through the FDA um, finish line, and I just don't think so. In my experience, you need uh, significantly more money than that. Well, they've had to have three convertible notes and at least two warrants. And I'm a fan of this style of product. Obviously, I've put a lot of my own time into uh, hypochlorous acid, um, and I, I believe in it. But the issue is if you're not moving forward with FDA, then why are you getting patents? I, I really dislike the idea of a getting a patent so that your competitor can't do business. I, I, I loathe that idea. I despise that idea. And I'm not claiming that they're doing that. I'm just hoping that with this 5 million that they're about to get, that they're going to move forward with the FDA rather than just have all these patents that they're never going to utilize in the U.S. Well, let's see. Maybe they have a use of funds. Let's see. All right, financial uh, cap table, founders and management, they've got 12.5 million shares all the way down to uh, fully diluted at 20 million. And that's, again, that's the issue. If you keep going back and getting financing, you're just going to dilute the old guys. So, um, you know, go out and get as much as you think you're going to need rather than keep nickeling and diming and losing that quote purchasing power of the previous shareholders. Right. So we've got some uh, equity investment offering. So they want $5 million uh, for some common stock, not preferred, but just common shares at a $4.85 uh, share price. That's pretty good. Pre-money valuation, 110 million. Wow. $110 million valuation on a product that can only be sold overseas. Um, that sounds like okay. a 10x multiple over what they've raised, but generally that 10x, uh, historically speaking, 10x would go towards your revenues, not just the money you've raised. So I still don't know what the revenues are, but $110 million pre-money valuation, that looks good on paper. <laughs> it certainly does look good on paper. And here we have use of proceeds, yeah. uh, $1.5 million going to IP but only 1.25 million going to regulatory and testing. Uh, 
Josh, that's not enough for the FDA. So I wonder what regulatory and testing they're talking about. Right. The rest of the funds, $1.7 million for working capital and $500,000 for a placement agent. So top 10 reasons to invest. I have not seen this. This is fun. All right. Great. Number one, they've officially discovered two new molecules. Number that two. That the CAS designation. Ah, okay. Um, so their products are water synthesized acids based in liquid form that are faster, more effective, and have no acute toxicity compared to products like bleach and sulfuric acid. But again, that doesn't distinguish from HOCL that I've seen with BrioTech. So it looks like very, very similar product. Number two, they have an immediate international market opportunity. Yes, you do. Uh, number three, they've just begun saving the world. Um, not as much as BrioTech. They actually are the ones that went to Wuhan. They, BrioTech are the ones that went to uh, Korea when Kim Jong-un's brother died with that toxic stuff on his face and they had to disinfect that or, or inoculate that. Um, so you're not, you're not in front of BrioTech yet, but you're, you're getting there. Uh, they've built a great patent portfolio. Yes, you have, but you can't sell in the U.S., so who cares yet? And number five, they've independently tested and conducted to validate the product, but have you without the FDA? Well, there are other agencies that regulate these things around the world besides the FDA, uh, none of which have the reputation of the FDA, because uh, they're not talking about any EU countries either, Josh. They're, they're talking about some, some of the uh, less regulatory uh, burdens. Mm -hmm. All right, number six for the top 10 reasons to invest in this company is that they have a perfect ingredient for business success. Number seven, uh, production facility and manufacturing teams are ready to go. Number eight- That's actually good that, yeah. that they have the facility, because uh, that's a large capital expenditure. Uh, but again, now you're talking about developing the product, um, marketing the product, producing the product, and all those patents. And we already had concern that they did that for $10 million. Yeah. Number eight, they say that they have opportunities in multiple vertical markets that you've already uh, acknowledged that they're all over the place between uh, uh, beans and, and agriculture and, and everything else. Um, number nine, they have a team of world-class advisors guiding us and 10, they have a core team of dedicated professionals. Okay. All right. I guess that's it. Contact us. And then the appendix for some document references, press releases. Cool. Huh. Well, Josh, uh, let's go through our checklist, I guess. All right. Seven tips to successful investment deck. Number one, did they identify the business plan goals? Uh, technically, yes. Uh, they, they want money so that they can sell their product. Yes, they did. All right. Number two, do they know their audience? Do they know the investment audience? They, they definitely uh, placed some uh, buzzwords in there? Uh, and did they know the uh, disinfectant market? Yes. Um, did they know their other markets? They just didn't give us enough information. Maybe they do, but it wasn't in the pitch deck. 
Number three, do they understand the market? I would make the same comment. It appears that they understand the disinfectant market, uh, but they are promising that their product does many other things, which they did not explain in the pitch deck. So I'm going to give them a half on that one. Four, did they, did they identify needs and roadblocks? That's a tough one because they sort of threw the FDA in there uh, and they threw the EPA in there. Um, I don't think that they adequately identified the needs and roadblocks, but they did at least acknowledge there was other stuff out there. So again, a half. I'll also give them a half. Um, I didn't feel like they fully went into the roadblocks um, and didn't entirely say what they needed. Um, I would have liked the pitch deck to be a little bit organized to front load to tell about the company first um, and then talk about what they're doing. It seemed like there was a few slides out of place, but they did kind of talk about it eventually. Um, so I'll give them half a point as well. Number five, what sets the business apart? Did they describe what kind of makes them unique? I would say yes. Yes, they did. But Josh, you mentioned repeatedly, are they really unique? I saw nothing about competition. Um, comparing your product to Clorox or bleach, uh, it, it indicates that they're not really keeping up with the competition because we've moved beyond bleach for decades now. Um, and for example, even comparing themselves with Purell, uh, which is a more um, recent product than, than bleach, I don't think that they really did a good job with number five. Uh, they never mentioned Briotech at all or any of the other companies that are working on these types of products. Uh, can comparing yourself to a hundred year old product really does not set your business apart. Mm -hmm. So is that a no? I gotta say no here, uh, only because of their failure to identify their competitors uh, they're true competitors as opposed to bleach. Mm -hmm. Number six, introducing the team and product. I think they met that. I, I like the fact that they, that there was links to the bios for all of their managers and founders and advisors. I always like to look up who the players are so that I sort of know who I would be doing business with. And we've talked about investing in sort of a marriage and, and you want to know who you're, who you're going to be tied to for a while. So I like that. And they did introduce the disinfectant product, but they made reference to a lot of other products. Uh, their battery, there was nothing about the battery. Uh, the, the crop application, the agricultural application got one slide. And me, that's what I'm interested in. And I was waiting for was the agricultural application. So I'm gonna give them a half. They introduced the team but the product, not so much. All right. And did they create a summary call to action? I'm going to give them a point on this one. They gave financials, they gave use of proceeds, they had an ask. So yes, uh, I think they did create a summary, Josh. All right. So tallying this up, it looks like you gave them uh, about five and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half out of seven. I gave them six, which gives us about an average of 79%. We'll, we'll go down to five leaves, five out of seven leaves, or a 79% rating. 
not too bad. It's an interesting product, something that I, I truly believe in. I think whether it's uh, swine flu or whatever else at the fairs, you could have kids in backpacks and flip-flops going through these barns and spraying down all this E. coli, bird flu, swine flu, um, without like heavy masks and, and um, toxic products. So I'm a fan of this. I just think it needs to be ironed out a little bit more. You need peace of mind with FDA and obviously their approval to sell. And without uh, being able to sell in the U.S., it, it's tough. And I know the issues behind the scenes. I know the government does not want this to come out. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's my podcast. I can say what I want. So I, I know the government it does not want this to be uh, a thing. And that's why Briotech has not gone to the FDA is because they're afraid of getting shut down. When you have something that is so unique uh, and so powerful and natural and organic and, and all of these things, um, I mean, just look at, uh, at history. There's a lot of other things that have tried to come out. Penicillin was a 10-year fight for the doctor who tried to get penicillin to the people for free. And everyone called him, a, you know, the AMA and everyone else fought against penicillin for the same reasons because they want some money. This is all about money. This isn't about health or anything else. This is about money. So that's unfortunate, but it is a reality. I would just say on your pitch deck, either narrow it down to focus on your disinfectant product and not mention everything else, maybe in the appendix, future growth of, of the company, um, or uh, spend a little bit more time on the range of your products. Um, just dropping a battery in our lap and then never talking about it again is confusing. Mm -hmm. I think they did a great job on the pitch deck, the little tweaks, and it could, you know, might, get, might get seven leads done. Yeah, yeah, overall, it's, I think it's a good product. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and five out of seven leads is not bad. All right, with that, we're gonna roll this one up. I wanna thank my guest, Katrina Gugowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back with us. Thanks, Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. Is a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.